0: Window World is proud to present Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Simply the best for less at WindowsKansasCity.com. It's pretty sad when the art of comedy becomes political, as it has in the United States. And I'm not talking specifically just about the content of comedy, but the state of comedy. And it really reached its peak over this weekend. This has been going on for a year, year and a half. Dave Chappelle has been involved in this. There have been very many... Comedians everywhere. Jerry Seinfeld has spoken out about this that if comedians can't say things on the edges to make people laugh, then there is no such thing as free speech. There is no such thing as comedy. And we've got two different things that happened over the weekend in the business of comedy. Uh, I'm not a big fan, really, of either one or what happened, but I did watch and it was completely noticed what's going on in this art form, which has completely changed over the last couple of years as the left is sort of moved into a space where they're killing free speech, not just out there amongst conservatives or people politically that don't believe in the things that they believe in. They're attacking people who might say things that they really hate it when you make fun of them. What, what, what this is really all about is the left saying, we will not allow people on the left, people with strong liberal ideologies or strong liberal lifestyles, we'll call it. We will not allow that to be made fun of. You will not be able to joke about the way we live, the way we think, the way we do things. That's our space. We have our places where we make fun of the other people, especially white males that live in the middle of the country. We'll attack that all day long and make fun of that. But don't you start making fun of us in any way or breaking down the stereotypes that they have built. No stereotype has a negative connotation to it, but let's be honest, liberals have made stereotypes in this country beneficial for their own purposes. They love stereotypes of skin color, of gender, gender reassignment, of sexual preference, of religion. They love these stereotypes. They love to play to these stereotypes because it seems to get them votes. Over the weekend, we all watched Travis Kelsey host Saturday Night Live. And there's no real reason to go into great detail here about Travis Kelsey. He did great for a tight end, a two-time Super Bowl winning tight end. He did great. His brother was there. His parents were there. They they did just fine. Travis Kelsey, for a non-actor, looks like he may have a career, at least in cameo roles or maybe an action movie when he's done. I mean, why couldn't Kelsey be in some you know, big physical action films or or superhero type films after he's in football. He looks to me like he's got that. He's got a personality people like. He's got a winning smile. He's a big, strong, strapping dude. I could see him having a future, if not that, certainly as an analyst or contributor for NFL coverage. But I think Travis Kelsey maybe is capable of more than that. So without going into great detail of his performance, the monologue was was the best part. And then it didn't completely go off the rails for a few more minutes after that, but it did get off the rails and it was not Travis Kelsey's fault. It simply became an anti-male, anti-white male, anti-conservative broadcast. It was that from the jump. The opening sketch was making fun of Fox News and Dominion voting machines, which it doesn't even seem to me like is a real big story right now. Like The left always tries to pull things out that we do, we're not even thinking about or talking about very much a few of us are but most people aren't fixated every day on voting machines right now yet that's what Saturday night live leads with Travis Kelsey's monologue was non-political it was nice there was a couple of self-deprecating jokes on there there was a couple of funny ones about you know failing in school and smoking some weed in college and I've won two super bowls it was cute his brother was in the audience he had a mean mug when he was talking about the chiefs beating the eagles it was great it was it was fine then the sketches start. And of course, and he even made fun of Patrick Mahomes at one point. He says, you know, I, sometimes I yell at the team in my Patrick Mahomes voice. I talk like this. It was pretty funny. Then the sketches start and the whole thing is political. And maybe this was a, you know, I, I said the week before, I'm not sure that Saturday Night Live knew what Woody Harrelson was going to say about the, the jab, about the shot, the COVID shot. Because it really went viral because it went so against everything that Saturday Night Live is. Well, they bounced back in a big way this week, and the entire thing became unwatchable for half of America. Yes, Travis Kelsey was on there doing a British accent. Yes, he was on there as hot guy a, a couple times. But mostly to watch sketches over and over and over, making fun of straight white men and, you know, basically advocating this what this is advocation for alternative lifestyles. It's always, The gay guy is cooler than the straight guy. You know, the black woman's cooler than the white woman. It's always these things. These themes go through all of these scenes, and the, the entire show became about this. And as I'm watching this, I had not seen Chris Rock's comedy special yet or any clips from the comedy special on Netflix. But the reaction over Sunday and into Monday for these two things was ridiculous. There was no reaction to Saturday Night Live because it was commonly and typically liberal in all of its content. Which for me, anyway, made it somewhat unwatchable. I can't speak to Travis Kelsey's politics. I don't think he's all that liberal. I don't think he is. Hey, we'll learn over time. But I also don't think he was in a position to go to Saturday Night Live and say, hey, I'm not real comfortable doing this sketch, or I don't like this, or whatever. The show is the show. He's the guest host. I'm pretty sure he went along with everything. And at times, he was really good. There was a, There's a clip out on the internet now of a, a fake commercial they did, NFL Players Give Back, that featured Creed Humphrey. Chiefs lineman Creed Humphrey in that. It did not make air, but it was really clever and cute. And it was about how the NFL, you know, likes their players to go out and give back to charity. And the charity for NFL players is uh, lifting or picking up women whose husbands are too scrawny and weak to pick them up. That's kind of funny. I, I, it was kind of funny. It's out there. You can see Creed Humphrey's in it. It's, it's, it's cute and it's funny. So there, it's not that there aren't some funny things, but the thing is so perfectly and typically liberal, there's no feedback to it. The right doesn't feedback on this stuff. We've given up a long time ago that so many things in entertainment, in comedy, in speech writing, in entertainment uh, across the board, movies, TV shows, concerts, musicians, whatever is liberal. And it's almost like we've ceded that space to them. It's yours. There it is. And so there's no pushback. There's no blowback on Saturday Night Live. Their ratings are a, like so many liberal things. They're a fraction of what they used to be, but they don't care. They're like Stephen Colbert and some of these others are out there doling out liberalism and trying to call it comedy. Okay, good enough. So that's what they do. At the same time this is going on, Netflix had released the Chris Rock comedy special. This is straight stand up. And Chris Rock is, is not really, not really for me it's it's filled with the n-word, it's filled with the f-word. I don't get offended by words, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I can't watch it cuz I've never heard these words and they offend me. It's just not really my style of comedy. I think the funniest people on earth are the funny comedians that can make you laugh and keep you engaged without throwing out the n-word and the f-word every other word. That's not Chris Rock. I also a long time ago went to a comedy club in Los Angeles and saw Chris Rock. This was before he was very big. I mean, this was a long, long time ago. And uh, we were the only white people in the place. Didn't know. We just went to a comedy club and, and came in, and we became the butt of all the jokes that night. I've told this story before. I told it on radio. Not that offensive, not whatever. The only issue that I had that night was my credit card was stolen from this place. And I, it was before cell phones. And I called American Express and was like, I've lost my card, cancel it. They say, where are you? And I don't remember the name of the comedy club. And they go, well, there's a planet Hollywood or something right across the street. That's where the last charge was. And I was like, whoa, okay. Well, I'm not going to go over there and try to find who stole my credit card. So just cancel the thing the way it is. And, and so they did, but it was just a weird and an odd night. So I, but I've, I've watched Chris Rock's movies and I like them. I like him in the movies. stand up. Okay. So he goes out. This is the man that was hosting the Oscars last year. This is when so much of this was coming to a head, but He does his comedy bit, and he starts talking about Will Smith coming up and slapping him, and he makes fun of Jada Pinkett Smith, who the left adores. Jada Pinkett Smith is married to Will Smith, and they have an open relationship. This is typical Hollywood stuff, right? They have an open relationship where they can have sex with whoever they want, basically, and they've told the whole world about this. So Jada Pinkett Smith, the wife, apparently has a fling with her son's best friend, which would be someone half her age the whole thing is just bizarre to me the whole it's all so strange it's all just so strange so he lights into her and says yeah will smith picked on me because i'm smaller than him and it still hurts and you know all this other stuff but boy the left's response to chris rocks comedy bit on netflix has been outrageous there there were uh, leftist pundits saying that he deserved to be slapped now that they've seen this that he deserved to be slapped that they turned it off could only watch for 12 minutes it was so offensive they can't stand it Other people were like, we know what he had to say about Will Smith. There was no reason to go watch. They have chosen sides on the left, and they have decided Chris Rock is not on their side. Chris Rock, a year ago, was asked to host the Oscars. There is only one way you get asked to host the Oscars. You are safely on the side of the far left. You're one of them. You're in the club. And now a year later, after making a joke about Will Smith's wife and getting slapped on stage, Chris Rock is the bad guy, according to the people on the left, because he does what? He goes out and does comedy around the truth, that y'all are living a weird lifestyle, the mom having sex with the son's friend and making fun of, I mean, just pointing, this is when you're pointing out liberal lifestyles that are just plainly accepted as normal. And, and people like the rest of us are weird or oddballs, you know, break down marriage, the nuclear family, r- religion, all those things, get rid of all that. And there's Chris Rock making fun of it. Then he tears into Meghan Markle, who's this drama queen, Princess Harry's wife, who has accused the royal family of being racist. And she says it's very uncomfortable for her. And that's why they moved to America and they live here. And Chris Rock had a great time with this one. He says, first of all, America's tired of hearing black people play the victim. He was basically saying, okay, you're a black person and you're playing the victim that you married into a family that's racist. And his his line that was very funny was, it's the royal effing family. They're the original racists. What did you think you were marrying into? And then he tops that off by saying, let me tell you something, sister, that ain't nearly as bad as being the white woman that marries into a black family. And they all laughed, and the, almost the entire audience was black. And everybody laughed, and they thought that was funny. He'd make fun of black people, but he can do that. And I don't completely and totally understand the humor, but they thought it was funny. There must be some truth in it because the funniest comedy is usually based in the truth. And the left just got unhinged. Now he's making fun of a black woman claiming victimhood against the royal family. And he's making jokes about this, saying that she's ridiculous. I'm telling you, comedy is allowed if it's liberal. If it's based in truth and reality, it's not allowed. It's under attack in this country and the left has gone crazy on this. Comedian Bill Engvall did an interview over the weekend. He's a what you would call a clean comedian, middle aged white guy, clean comedian. And he had a really good line. He says, Here's what's happened in the last couple of years, and we need to get away from this and go back to what it was. Going to a comedy show used to be a release valve, now it's the instigator. And he's cited several occasions where people have come out of the audience and gone up to stage and either argued with or pushed or grabbed or shoved or slapped the comedian because they're offended by what they said. This just in. If you are offended by words, under no circumstance should you ever go to a comedy club and see a show. And he says the comedians that he knows are worried that some sickos are finding their way into the show knowing it will unhinge them, untrigger them, and, and make them do weird things, and that that's the reason that they're there. So the whole thing is very, very strange right now, and it is true. But we had a couple of episodes of comedy over the weekend. Boy, Saturday Night Live played it straight. They had their gay sketches. They had their anti-race sketches. They had their Fox News sketch. They ripped on Mike Lindell. They went and did everything that the left loves. No big deal. Comedy is safe in America. Chris Rock goes out there and hammers on two black women, two black women, makes the set about them, just unloads on them for being terrible people, honestly, but it's funny as he's doing it, but pointing out that these these are sicko leftists, black women, crazy, living weird lifestyles, and they just got unhinged. Boy, he was picking on the wrong people. He was picking on the left's very, very favorite. Black females. Think Michelle Obama. How did Kamala Harris get where she is? I mean, think about this for a second. Oprah Winfrey is the richest star in the world. Gail King has a, a huge career just because she was friends with Oprah. I mean, the black liberal women are iconic for the left, they are on a pedestal like nobody else. And this thing was broken down by Chris Rock over the weekend. And in the crossfire is comedy. Comedy's dead. If you can't, again, I'm not that big a Chris Rock fan. And and it was, I wanted it to be funnier. He just, he goes on and on and on at times, just saying the F word and the N word. But boy, when he hits it, when he hits on something, it's truthful, it's honest, and it's funny. And he's done that. And it's at the expense of the left and they are not having it. They're trying to cancel him, shut him down. I mean, literally people on, uh, pundits with jobs like MSNBC hosts saying, I can see why he deserved to be slapped now. Like he deserves to be slapped again. It's nuts. Comedy is under fire in this country, no doubt. Hey, KKHI is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC in Excelsior Springs. your home of a lifetime warranty, but you don't have to live near Excelsior Springs to get your new Chevy Buick or GMC from Excelsior Springs. Favorite dealership. That is Roberts Robinson because they'll deliver your new ride to you. You can even order it from your home. You can get on the computer with Tim or any one of the staff members there at Roberts Robinson, look at all the different options for the model you're interested in, whether it's a Chevy Silverado, GMC Sierra, one of the Buick SUVs, and just build it right there. It takes about 15, 20 minutes on a phone call. Put your phone on speaker, you get on a computer, you look at them all, and they order it for you. They have it built. Color, leather, roof, everything you're looking for or everything you're not looking for. You get the car exactly like you like it at robertsrobinson.com. Just call my buddy Tim up there, 816-826-1563. For Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Cross Kitchens KC is online at crosskitchenskc.com. This is your remodeler. Got a buddy in April that's going to have a project done. He's redoing his man cave, and he's excited to have Cross Kitchens on the job doing that. Tim Cross looks a little bit like Luke Bryan. If you started watching American Idol again, does anybody watch American Idol? We had it on for a little bit last night. Some of the stories of the singers that they have on are very interesting. Cross Kitchens KC. uh, Tim will just come right out to your house and say, what are you looking at? Let's take a look at the room and the project. Then he'll do a complete 3D rendering for you. They even have their own design service to help you pick colors, countertops, all those things. CrossKitchensKC.com. And the Finch Knife Company, online at finchnifeco.com. These boys are the best. They're going to keep life from getting dull with the best pocket knife you have ever owned. Or maybe you haven't had a pocket knife for years. It's time to get back in the game. With Finch Knife Company's line of pocket knives, you will have the perfect knife for exactly the way you want to live and exactly the style you want people to know about. Right now, they're featuring the Hatfield line of pocket knives, brand new collection, the Hatfield collection from Finch Knife Company. You can see them online at finchnifeco.com. There's also a list of dealers there around the country or in other places, or you can just have them shipped right from Finch Knife Co. to you. That's finchnifeco.com or visit Shields in Overland Park, the bullet hole in Mission. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife. All right. This is also politics, but it involves a sports star. And I I can't even believe this story. I thought this was dead and gone. Like. I have some friends that um, they were scheduled to get married in Turks and Caicos and couldn't because of the vax mandates and the lockdowns, and the curfews and all that stuff. This was a couple of years ago, and they decided to get married in Florida because it was open and it was free. And their favorite place is Turks and Caicos. But still to this day, you can't go to vacation in Turks without the jab we were more than welcome to go to the Dominican Republic a few weeks ago without the jabs. Cause Jessica and I, neither one of us have it. No big deal at all. You do that. You are asked if you've not had it. And then you're asked, if you had COVID? And yes, I've had COVID, but I don't have the jab. Okay, great. Come on in have a good time. Good. I didn't realize that we're still doing this in the United States. As a citizen, I was allowed to fly back to the United States. No problem but they're not allowing foreign nationals to come in if they haven't taken the jab. But we're allowing 3 million people to cross the border unchecked this year? This, this, of all the hypocrisy and stupidity of the Biden administration, this has to be the worst. So here's Novak Djokovic, the top tennis player in the world. Big tournaments coming up in Palm Springs and Miami, and we will not let him in. He's from Serbia we're not letting him in. He hasn't taken the shot. His body's his temple. He is not taking it. Kansas City Star has an editorial up today says, Joe Biden, Roger Marshall, and Woody Harrelson saying the pandemic is over doesn't make it true. (laughs) Okay. The star says, Joe Biden, Roger Marshall, and Woody Harrelson saying the pandemic is over doesn't make it true. All right. Good. Just keep it up. We still have an emergency situation with COVID through May. What? Marco Rubio and a couple of other senators have sent a letter to Biden saying, come on, give a special waiver to this man and get him in here to play tennis. He's the top player in the world. It's only making us look bad around the world, and it does nothing. He's no threat to anyone. The better argument is close the border. If Novak Djokovic can't come here and play, close the border. I thought this was long gone. I thought this story ended last year with the U.S. Open. I thought that was it. Biden in September said the pandemic is over. And so here we are, Novak Djokovic still can't come to America and play tennis. What planet are we on? What has happened to the freedom of the United States of America? This is not the land of the free. It may still be the home of the brave, but it's not the land of the free anymore. We lost so many freedoms from COVID and they continue to do this, even after they're all saying it's over. Herd immunity is taken in. A few people can still get it. And if, if you didn't have cancer three years ago and you have cancer now and you get it, maybe you got a problem on your hands. But that's anybody with cancer getting anything. Yes, it's possible. This could be the end. I have cancer. It could be the end. He even said it himself in September. That's not like, that's, that's six months ago. He said it's over. On 60 Minutes, Biden said the pandemic is over. And he's keeping Novak Djokovic out. What, what on earth is going on? Please, God, tell me that the voters in this country are going to remember this stuff, that they're going to know this and remember this and say, we just cannot vote for a party that wants to rule us, that that's not what government is. How did America go from being the place where the people rule by electing their officials? And you're always really afraid you're not going to win your next election to we're in control. We'll rig the election. We'll do whatever we have to do to win no matter what if that means locking you down, scaring you, the memos that are coming out, the emails of all these different places where they were trying to, it happened in England. Boy, there's some bad emails came out over the weekend in England from their minister of health who was basically saying, okay, the next variant, this is like last year, a year and a half ago, the next COVID variant, we're really going to scare him. He's in the email. He's like, we're going to scare the hell out of with this new variant. This'll keep us locked down. Why? Why do they want to lock people down? I've asked this on this podcast before, who gets their jollies over controlling other people? What What is that all about? Why would you want to lock your citizens down and keep them from living their lives the way they want to live them? As long as they're not hurting anybody. I, I, I just don't get it. And I don't know how we can be here. This is March of 2023 and a virus they called COVID-19 and Novak Djokovic can't play tennis this is just unbelievable. I mean, no more commentary necessary. I'm just completely and utterly shocked by this. Okay. On to college basketball and whew, boy. Okay. Missouri did what they did, man. How great was that? Missouri finished its season off against some teams that aren't great. They won them all down the stretch. The Missouri Tigers are a four seed and get a double buy in the SEC. How incredible is that? Now, that's the good news. They don't need anything on their resume to get in. They're in. Where they are today could be enhanced if they go win a game or two. But it's going to be hard. You want to see what a double buy gets you? It does get you the free pass. But playing a lesser team, would that be a better thing for Missouri to play a lesser team and get another win? Would that help them move up? I don't know. Because here's what's going to happen. It looks like Missouri, again, will be off Wednesday and Thursday. They're going to play until Friday. Friday. And it looks like they're probably going to play Tennessee in Nashville. Yeah, not a great draw. And should the planets and stars align and they beat Tennessee in that game, they would then play Alabama the next day. I mean, this is the hardest draw for anybody in any tournament. Now, again, double bye You got two days off. That's fantastic by finishing with the four seed. Way to go, Missouri Tigers. If when Dennis Gates was hired at Missouri... Somebody told you he was going to go win 23 23 or 24. Ooh, I better look that one up. 23 games we know for sure, maybe 24 games <laughs> in his first season and be the 4 seed in the SEC tournament. Oh, You'd be like, "Yeah, they're not paying him enough. They should have paid him more." Just fantastic. But boy, that's a tough road Missouri getting Tennessee and then if they should win that one playing Alabama. The tournament seedings will come out, of course, on Sunday afternoon. Missouri beat Ole Miss over the weekend by five. KU and K-State were not good. Uh, K-State was good for a while against West Virginia. Uh, and, and look, West Virginia against K-State and Texas against KU both played great. So don't get me wrong. And I think West Virginia in particular, the game was more about West Virginia because I don't think the gap is necessarily that big. Uh, West Virginia's played great down the stretch. Okay, so there is potentially another bad draw out there, and it involves Kansas. Kansas just got run on Saturday by the Texas Longhorns. Bill Self normally takes about 10 minutes before he meets with the media. It was much longer than that on Saturday. And when he came down, he says, I'm sorry for being late. We were really busy breaking down all the great plays that we had today. I mean, he skewered his team in public. He said there was selfish individual play. When we don't play together, we're not good at all. So we got a nice team if we play together. We didn't do that at all. Well, Kansas, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, is going to play West Virginia on Thursday at 2 o'clock at T-Mobile Center. West Virginia is playing great. You may recall last week they took Kansas to the final possession and had West Virginia had the ball and a chance to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Now they're going to play them at T-Mobile Center. Since that game, they went to Iowa State and won by 8 or 10, and then they pounded K-State on Saturday. In the second half, they just shot their eyeballs out. Like, West Virginia's making baskets now. Normally just known as a gritty defensive team. They're shooting, they're scoring, they look great. West Virginia's playing great, and I don't think there's any question if they beat Kansas on Thursday, they're going to play their way into the tournament. Some have them in now, some have them out. But West Virginia's playing great, and Kansas will likely draw them. Texas Tech is West Virginia's opponent. Texas Tech has suspended their head coach for something he said to a player in a teaching moment, trying to teach the player about accepting coaching. And he referenced the Bible. And in some twisted way, the word slave came out. And so now he's in Adams is in trouble and, and suspended. I don't we'll see if he gets fired on Monday, what the backlash will be. But KU and K-State both lost. Kansas State is going to play TCU. I, I think I read this is going to be the, is this the ninth time they've played TCU in this tournament. Something crazy like that? It, it, it's almost every year, somehow, K-State plays TCU in the Big 12 tournament. That game is 8.30 on Thursday night. I didn't think K-State was horrible on Saturday. You know, they, they gave up a lot of easy baskets. Man, they're getting a lot of easy baskets, and that really is the essence of college basketball. Find a way to get some easy baskets, and they got some easy baskets. They scored 81 points and lost. It's the first game I remember this year where K-State scored a bunch and lost. So it was, it was a little Missouri-esque. We saw some games earlier this year where Missouri would give up a whole bunch of points but score a bunch. And I, that really hasn't been the M.O. for K-State. I was watching with a couple of buddies. I said, you know, every game they've come out like this and scored like this, they've won all these. They beat Baylor in a high-scoring game. They won a, scored 116 or something crazy like that at Texas. When they've scored and gotten easy basket after easy basket, they've largely won. Well, they couldn't stop West Virginia from scoring, and Kansas, for the most part, couldn't stop Texas from scoring. 75-59 in the final there, and KU was not really in the game. And KU had looked kind of flat and uneven in their last two wins. They didn't look great in those games, and it got brought out here playing a better opponent in Texas. So it's hard to say where these teams are right now, and I think more than ever, normally you don't judge what happens in these conference tournaments, we look at the body of work and say, we know what these teams are. Can you really tell me what they are? Kansas is going to be a one seed. But after watching their last few games, would you be stunned if they lost to an eight seed in their second game in the NCAA tournament? I wouldn't be stunned. I'll be surprised, but I wouldn't be stunned. Kansas State, they should draw a team that they can manhandle in their first game, but their second game in the NCAA tournament, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know how to judge K-State right now at this moment. What I've seen is they're unbeatable at home. I mean, just beatdowns. They struggled mightily on the road, and they did that again Saturday. What is a tournament scenario? So as we look at these teams, Missouri is going to be harder to judge. We probably will have to use their body of work because this is really a I, – I don't want to make it sound like they can't beat Tennessee – But my God, what a tough draw. You're playing in Nashville. It's Tennessee. They're better than Missouri anyway, even though they're the fifth seed. Ah, This is tough. This is going to be really tough for Missouri. KU and K-State, I think we're going to have to judge them a little bit on what happens here at T-Mobile Center. I mean, you'd expect Kansas to beat TCU. You'd expect, I'm sorry, Kansas State to beat TCU. And you'd expect Kansas to beat West Virginia. But let's see if that happens. I think they're both in peril in their first game be very interesting tournaments. Very fun watch. Very good stuff. And we'll have the brackets coming out on Sunday afternoon. Our sports coverage brought to you by Buck Roofing and Construction. I talked to Ron this weekend on the phone. We had a nice long talk about things dudes talk about. That's what we did. He's a good guy, man. And if you want somebody to inspect your roof this spring, I just call Buck Roofing. They'll come out and do it free. Mention the podcast or log on to R, as in Ron, R- Buckroofing.com, 913 384 2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Back9 Development is online at Back9Development.com. If you'd like to build a custom home or a custom project, Back9 Development is probably a perfect partner for you. Best way to find out is to call TJ Vilkanskis and meet with him. Sit down and say, We have this dream, we have this vision, we have this thing we want to do. We have this land, we have this space, we have this neighborhood we're looking at. Back9development.com. 785-236-0161 is TJ's number. And if you're prospecting downtown right now at the possibility of buying some land or some older buildings down there and converting them into condos or apartments or something like that near where the Royals may be building a stadium, now's the time to meet with TJ. Scope out different locations, let him do all the legwork, the hard work, and find out exactly what is the right spot and the right project for you. 785 uh, is the number, back9development.com. And Dr. Jeremy Fry and his team at Fry Orthodontics, no matter which location you visit at Fry Orthodontics, their order of business is very simple. We're going to make this comfortable, relaxing, and many times just flat out fun. That's what Fry Orthodontics is all about. They designed it that way for teenagers, but it's great for adults, too. If you're ready to correct your smile, Fry Orthodontics would love to provide you with Invisalign. It's the same price as braces. The consultation is absolutely free. Your first visit, just call them up at the Fry Orthodontics near you. Log on to FryOrthodontics.com, and they'll put you in touch with the folks at the location nearest you. And with 13 locations, somebody is very near you. All right, let's talk a little baseball on KKHI. I'm going to start with the provocative, and then we'll get to the actual baseball. Is that fair enough? I know what I'm being provocative, so I'm going to be provocative. The Royals have announced two additions to their broadcast team. As you know, Steve Fizziok retired. Jake Eisenberg was promoted. Jake Eisenberg was promoted. Now they've announced two new members to the pre- and post-game lineup, Jeremy Guthrie and Mike Sweeney. okay, I've said this for a while and I don't think anybody's ever listened and I can't believe that there is no outrage. I'm okay with the fact that there's no outrage. I just can't believe that it exists. The Royals now have nine white men broadcasters. No women, no minorities. Now, some of you may be very astute on former Royals players and know that Jeremy Guthrie's mother... Is of Japanese-American descent, but we're all of descent from something, right? That would make him at most, what, one quarter? I'm sorry, one eighth Japanese? I, I, I don't know. But <laughs> the Royals the Royals promoted Jake Eisenberg to fill Fizziak's spot. By the way, not being mean here, Jake Eisenberg is better than Steve Fizziak. You're going to like this change. And Mike Sweeney and Jeremy Guthrie are both good. There's no issue here with whether or not these guys can do the job. How in in 2023, how can the Kansas City Royals have nine broadcasters on their payroll? Nine, and they're all nine white guys. How's that possible? Honestly, how is that possible? (laughs) And and I thought, well, okay, well, they're not going to fire the guys they have. They won a World Series with much of this crew and those guys, you know, once you've called the world series and you're known for that, you're not going to make those changes. Certainly. I get that. Everybody gets that part, but you got a guy quote unquote, retiring. I don't know if Physioc really retired or whether they were whatever, but they replaced him with a white guy. Then they add two more people to the broadcast instead of saying, you know, maybe we should have a woman, uh, some markets have two. like, I'm not trying to get rid of Joel Goldberg here, but maybe they could have two people that roam the stadium and one could be a woman. One could be Joel. I, I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Just, I, and, and I thought Frank white, by the way, was great when he was a, an analyst for the Royals. I thought he was terrific. They didn't like him because he was too honest. He said things and he said truthful things. And the Royals didn't like that very much, but how, how is this possible since Frank white has departed the Royals broadcast team? They now have nine white dudes, nine white dudes ah, just a little thing to make you go, hmm, is where we are. The players in spring training say they love Matt Cotuero, the new manager. They say he talks about high school football. He talks about music. He talks, I guess he's a Grateful Dead fan or something. He's allowed the players to basically run the, they're calling it, this was stunning to me, baseball forever misnamed their locker room and called it a clubhouse. And maybe it's still some players call it a clubhouse, but I'm hearing more and more baseball players now refer to it as a locker room, which is really what it should be. I've always thought that, but anyway, there's more freedom there. He told him on day one, this is your locker room. I don't care what y'all do in here. Okay. Just be respectful when the media is (laughs) around when the media is allowed in here, it's a little different than when we're just in here. Great. That's not even a rule. That's just, Hey, watch it guys. When the media come in they got live cameras and stuff, watch the music in the background, things like that. But other than that, we don't care. You all figure out what you want to play, what you want to hang in here, what you want to do. And now players are commenting to Sam McDowell of the star off the, well, not off the record, anonymously. They're commenting that under Mike Matheny the last couple of years, he wasn't right for this group. They said, look, everybody liked Mike Matheny and respected him, but he had a lot of rules And he was, you know, pretty emphatic and tough every day. And it's not a business where you can just be like a screaming football coach or something every day. He said, we're still friends for life, but he wasn't right for this group. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means the Royals have a bunch of pampered, spoiled young guys that have had it easy their whole lives. It could mean that. Baseball locker rooms are really interesting because you have some of the poorest people on the planet making it into that locker room from countries and, and places where, shanties where they grew up in other countries, like Venezuela, which is basically in civil war right now, that you can't even believe it, what, what their backgrounds are from. And then, typically speaking, now, the American players that make it to the major league level are rich kids. They've played 150 to 200 games a year. They've traveled all over the country with their parents who sacrificed everything for them and had the money and the wherewithal to go to every premium tournament, everything, everywhere. Then they go off to a college or get drafted out of high school. They instantly have money. They're basically spoiled American rich kids. It's it's just true. So it's an interesting dynamic that you have in a locker room, but the managers basically said, y'all make of this what you want. I'm good with all that. So they're they're commenting, hey, we really like this guy. And we do feel like, especially the young players, feel like they can walk in and talk to him about anything. About anything. And that's how I remember being a baseball player. I didn't play in the big leagues. But that's what I remember of our manager. We were successful. We were good. We won a state title. You know what we didn't talk about all day? We didn't talk about baseball all day. We talked about baseball when it was time for baseball. At practice, at practice. On the bus to a game, whatever it was, we were talking baseball. But before practice, the locker room, after, during school, whatever, we'd go talk to our coach about girls or music or this problem you have. Some guys walked in there and said, "I've got, I've gotten sideways with my dad." I mean, it was, it was cool. It was a, we had a, I get it, man. We had a vibe. There was a thing going on with our group of guys. It was legit, man. I mean, it was a legitimately close group of people that would do anything for one another simply because we had baseball in common. And I just, it was fantastic. That's what this sounds like to me, that Cortrera is trying to do. And it sounds the way, and it's been described as the way they've done it in Tampa for quite some time. Interestingly enough, Brian Sweeney is the new pitching coach. And what do you think the new pitching coach has told the Royals pitchers this year in spring training? He's told them what you tell little leaguers, throw it down the middle. And they're like, wait, what? We've spent years of our lives trying to paint the corners here. He looked in the eye and said, I'm not being mean, but you guys aren't any good at it. You walked more batters than any team in baseball last year. So you're not good enough to throw it on the corners. Aim down the middle. You won't hit it. You'll miss. Oh my God, how refreshing is that? So these are coaches and a manager that don't take themselves all that seriously. I love that. They love the analytics. They're going to try to find advantages. They will. It's not that they do not understand baseball and they don't love the analytics. They do. This is going to be a much more analytical team. But analytics, part of analytics is we can't finish last with walks. We can't walk more batters than anybody else in Major League Baseball. That's a very simple part of analytics. So the way you correct that is you tell all your pitchers, throw strikes. Throw it down the middle, you probably won't get it there. You'll probably miss by a foot. Because there's a lot of missing by a foot last year with you guys. Right? We've always talked for years, like, when good pitchers throw one across the plate and give up a home run, we're like, wow, he, he was wild down the middle. I've always loved that term. The pitcher is wild down the middle. Because really quality pitchers can paint the corners. They really can. But the Royals have assembled, especially in the bullpen, a bunch of power arms that want to throw 97, 98, maybe a couple of guys 100 miles an hour. Just rear back and put it in there. If he beat you, he beats you. Do it. Throw strikes. For God's sake, don't get behind the hitter. And don't walk the hitter. I mean, this is baseball 101. I love that. I love hearing it. It's very simple. Throw it down the middle. Royals are losing 10 players this week to the World Baseball Classic. World Baseball Classic last two weeks. Uh, ten players are leaving to play for six different countries in the World Baseball Classic. My favorite two players, Nicky Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino are playing on the same team. Nicky Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino are not playing for the United States. Nicky Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino are as we speak flying to, or they're in now, Taiwan, where they will play for Italy. <laughs> I I don't know. Nikki Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino, uh, both born in America, are going to play for Italy. Pasquantino says a lot of his relatives and family obviously are Italian. Nikki Lopez, I don't, I can't draw the connection yet. But there's got this, maybe it's mom, uh, something there. And was invited to play. It just tells you there's not a lot of great Italian baseball players. They needed people. Any connection they could find, they did. And so Nicky Lopez is going to go play. Here's here's the way to think of this, folks. This is kind of important because when this first started happening a few years ago, I'm like, how could you be an American? This would, like, this would be like me playing for the German team. Because 125 years ago, 140 years ago, I had relatives from Germany come over here. I still didn't really even know where they're from. I don't know any of the history of my ancestors in Germany because I've always seen myself as an American. I don't really care. But I guess if Germany had a team in this and they didn't have very many players, they'd say, well, Keatsman sounds pretty German. Let's go get him. And I'd play for Germany. There you go. Although I guess I could play for Ireland because I'm told I'm a quarter Irish, which is why they threw the name Kevin on me. I could play for Ireland as a quarter Irishman. I've been told. That's what I was. Three-quarters German, a quarter Irish heritage. I've never done the swab. I don't really want to know. It's not important to me to identify what I am. I'm an American. And I love my country. And I, I thought at the time, well, I could never go play for another country, but I've kind of softened my stance on this because it's just, it's just kind of an exhibition. It's the world baseball classic. It lasts two weeks. All of baseball's in it. It's good for the sport of baseball around the world. This isn't the Olympics. Okay, I, you know, I don't know if Nikki Lopez would go play for Italy in the Olympics. But this is what we have. And Nikki Lopez and Vinny Pasquantino are going to play for Taiwan. I'm sure there's a couple bucks in it for them. It's a great opportunity to go do something different. It breaks up, the way they've scheduled this now, it breaks up the monotony of spring training, which is important. It also keeps you on track for opening day. So there's a lot of, they've massaged this thing to where it's not such a bad thing. And uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with with American guys playing for other countries. I didn't used to be. I'm actually okay with it now. I'm really okay with my friend Doug Horn at the Horn Law Firm. You see a lot of different commercials and ads out there of guys that are flashy and they pound their fist and, oh, we're going to bring the hammer and do the right. That's not Doug Horn. That is not Doug Horn. Doug Horn is a pro. He is a really smart, low-key professional who is your advocate when you're in an accident. And that's what you need. You need somebody, you need the adult in the room. And Doug Horn is absolutely that. A first call to Doug Horn, if you've been injured in a car accident or know somebody who has, you know it's devastating, it can be overwhelming. And your first call should be to Doug Horn because he's going to help put you on the right path. He's going to make sure you've gotten proper medical evaluation. And he's going to review your situation. Even if it doesn't require representation, he's going to review it for you. So make the call to Doug Horn, he'll talk with you personally. 816 795 7500. That's 816 795 7500 online at hornlaw.com. North Kansas City Dental. Dr. Bill Bush is my dentist. My appointment has been moved to next week. I'll be visiting Dr. Bush's office in Westwood. Last time I went, I was the one in the Northland at Armor and Swift in North Kansas City at NKC Dental. Wow, they've got it's an unbelievable office he's got built out now. It's really exceptional, and your treatment is great there. It's time to go to the dentist. Log on to nkcdental.com or call 816 471 2911 for NKC Dental and Dr. Bill Bush. And my friends, at Tickets for Less. It's the Big 12 tournament week. Let's go. What are you waiting on? You want to go? We know who's playing where. Or if you, why not go to Nashville? A lot of you that live in Missouri, they're Missouri fans, or can be as close as like four or five hours away from Nashville, depending on where you live in Missouri. I think Kansas City, Missouri is about seven hours, seven and a half, even by driving. Jump on a flight, go to Nashville, check out some hoops, listen to some live music while you're there. It's cool. Bridgestone Arena is right next to Broadway where all the music is and everything. It's a great city to visit. Go on and get yourself down there. If you need tickets to the Mizzou game on Friday, ticketsforless.com. It does not matter what you buy at ticketsforless.com. At checkout, enter the promo code KKHI, and you will get a discount. Typically, it's between 5 and 15%. Depends on what you buy. If you want to go to the KU or K-State game on Thursday, ticketsforless.com. That's ticketsforless.com, promo code KKHI. Love those folks. It is tournament time. And buy up your tickets for Des Moines next week. You know KU's going to be there. KU's going to be there. It's going to be hard for K-State to get there. K-State has to be a two-seed. In the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, I think they'll need to be a two seed to also get Des Moines. I don't think they'll send them there as a three. They may, but I don't think they will. We'll see. Depends on how the ticket sales are going, probably. But Des Moines is sitting right there. If you're a KU fan, you can get your tickets right now before it's announced that KU is there. Ticketsforless.com, promo code KKHI. Good to get the new week started. It's going to get a little chilly toward the weekend for this basketball tournament we're all about the hoops this week and of course we'll see what else is going on in our wacky world because we cover it every day here at KKHI tell your friends about the podcast if you don't mind if you see him at the tournament this week or something say hey I've been listening to this thing every day man he does sports you'll love his politics it's all good have him hit the subscribe like or follow button that's absolutely free we're over 26,000 followers of the podcast now that is awesome I cannot thank you enough for listening to KKHI